Hello, I'm Linda Huey, and this is Meet the Doctors, the show that lets you hear what doctors have to say about their lives, their work, their passions, and what they foresee for the future. Today's guest is chiropractor Dr. Leroy Perry, who is an innovator in sports science. This episode of Meet the Doctors is brought to you by Complete PT Pool and Land Physical Therapy. Whether you're trying to prevent knee surgery or recovering from shoulder, hip, or back pain, Complete PT offers you the most advanced pool therapy in combination with traditional land therapy. You don't need to know how to swim or even get your hair wet. The 92 degree saltwater pool soothes joints and muscles and helps reduce pain immediately. Visit CompletePT.com. That's CompletePT.com. Now let's meet sports chiropractor, Dr. Perry. We're here today in West LA with Dr. Leroy Perry, a sports chiropractor at the International Sports Science Institute. Now I've known you for 45 years, but there are a lot of things that I don't know about at the beginning of your life. And I like to learn how did you get to where you are now? So I'm going to start with, I know you were born in Oakland. Were you raised in Oakland? Born and raised in Oakland, went to high school in San Leander High School, went to college, undergraduate school at Chapeau College in Hayward. Oh, yeah. Then I did my graduate study here in Los Angeles at Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. Then I did my orthopedics, uh, you know, postgraduate work at LACC as well, Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. They've changed the name of that recently. It's now, uh, what is it, uh, Southern California Health Sciences, I think. That's right. They've added more things to it. It isn't yeah, just well, they moved to Whittier. And now they have offer Ayurvedic medicine, acupuncture, right. a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, you've done some teaching there too, haven't you? I have. Yeah. 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 But let's go back to, I read that you were in the military. You had active duty in the military. I was on Naval Air Reserves, 1965-66. I was an aviation mechanic. Um, three months after my active military duty, I was smashed by a four-ton hoist. I was handicapped for six and a half Let's, Six let's and back and up years. because I've heard that smashed by a four-ton hoist before, right. but I never heard this story. Was this an accident? Was what what happened? Yeah, I, it's a long story, but I was working for Chrysler Corporation, pre-med student. I was on university transfer to Stanford, um, running a big piece of equipment like go to Home Depot. The the, the equipment they used to lift up for twenty-five feet. In my day, they didn't have any safety equipment on it. And anyway, the pallet buckled at 25 feet, and the whole machine just flipped at me. And I luckily, I'd have highway patrol boots on, because I used to drag race Harleys, right? Yeah. So I rode motorcycles all the time. So if it wasn't for this boot, I'd have probably lost my leg. But the leather of the boot burst, not the seam, the leather of the boot burst on impact. So my whole knee was just completely ground down. So it took four and a half surgeries in six and a half years and canes and crutches to finally get off the canes and crutches. What did those four surgeries do? Were the bones um, not just bone, not just fractured? It was the joint. Okay. All the joint was ruined. And uh, so, it, it, I, again, it's, this is not something I really want to talk about. I've had many injuries in my life. I don't need to talk about my injuries. So, But the, the God's been good to me, though. From the injuries that I've had, I've learned how to either rehabilitate myself or rehabilitate other people mm-hmm. to learn from what I've had, you know, what happened to me. Yeah. I was bit by a spider in the Brown recluse in 1993. They gave me 24 hours to live. I ended up with a blood disease called neutropenia and leukopenia. Uh, ended up going through dealing with that. Ended up in stem cell research. I'm one of the first stem cell recipients. I've had stem cells eight times now. I'll be going to Panama soon to have 
stem cells again systemically. The best stem cell facility in the world is uh, Dr. Neil Reardon. He wrote a book called Stem Cell Therapy, A Rising Tide. He is the key guy in the world in stem cell research. And where is he? He's in Panama. He's in Panama. And he has a facility in uh, Texas, um, in South Lake, Texas. And he ended up hurting his back. He ended up coming here. I helped him. So we're like brothers now. And I, you know, we help each other. And we're, we're going to do stem cells with him. Wow. But the, the evolution, back to the injury situation. Yeah. Every injury had to, made me focus on a different idea. Because when they said you're never going to walk again or you're never going to be able to do anything again or whatever they think you're not going to do. Right. I just figured out ways to do it. So, you know, as an inventor, right. you know, part of my profession in sports science, see, a chiropractor is a chiropractor, right? Interested in bone, innate healing the body and so forth. I'm an Ayurvedic medicine practitioner also. So in Ayurvedic medicine, we're taught, Western medicine teaches you you are what you eat, right? Ayurvedic medicine teaches you are what you digest and metabolize. And of course, um, Deepak Chopra is mm -hmm. really the person who re- let's say, refound or re-stimulated or reinforced Ayurvedic medicine in the United States. So I became an Ayurvedic practitioner, and so did Rebecca Runes, who works here. She's an Ayurvedic uh, certified practitioner as well. I saw that you guys got, uh, I know that you got certified in 2015. Was she certified she did, in the same She did time? as well. Yeah, she did as well. And then I also became a podorthist because of studying the biomechanics of the foot and the biomechanics of shoe design. I ended what does working... podorthist mean? A podorthist is a non-medical uh, podiatrist. So we don't study surgery, we don't study drugs, but we study the physics and biomechanics of the shoe, the orthotic, mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. foot. And then Dr. Job and I invented together, who's our podiatrist here, he's brilliant, he's the backup surgeon at Dr. Jabba? Jabba Harian is his real name. Okay. We call him Dr. Jabba. Okay. But the bottom line is we invented what's called a propulsive orthotic. So that's the orthotics I wear that allows me to push off when I walk. It's a very advanced form of orthotic, but now we make them for key athletes all over the world, football, basketball, um, tennis, golfers, you know, all kinds of athletes. You guys created one here? We created it here. I yeah. haven't seen it yeah. displayed. We don't the... display it. You know, most of the things I've invented, we don't display. But as patients need things, like think cushions to sit against, cervical pillows, a mm -hmm. mattress pad, everything I've invented has to do with decompressing the spine. So my real specialty is knowing how to decompress the spine. So I have a question for you. What do you think the worst possible thing that can happen to the human body is? Probably a spine injury. Gravity. <laughs> Gravity's yeah. compression, right? Yeah. So gravity's compressing you. So here's the deal. In my world, in sports science, my job is not to see how much I can treat people. I'm trained mm -hmm. to be a forensic detective. So I'm East German Soviet trained, as you know. I worked with these Germans, the Soviets. I carried the Soviet flag in the closing ceremonies, the World Championships in 1991 and 92, and under their uniform, in their flag, under their flag in their uniform, I was a doctor for the Russia during the 92 Olympics. Andrei Cherkasov is a perfect example of what we're talking about. He was sent to the Olympic Training Center in Barcelona from Vienna after he basically injured his back. He couldn't even stand up straight. Mm -hmm. he, he was bent over. And his Greek tennis coach that was working with him basically said, you know, I'm going back to Greece because we can't, you can't play. And he left. So the doctor said, well, just see if you can help him get out of pain. So I had an invertebrate, my forward inversion unit there. What were you doing in Barcelona? I was a doctor for Russia. Oh, at the games in 92. At the, game, the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So bottom line is Carl Lewis is using my invertebrate every day. 
Uh, Ken Matsuda, you know, with, with USC, he was the coach for Michael Chang. He had an invertebrate and he was hanging him on every day. So I'm hanging also uh, Andre Cherkasov on it. So throughout that week, I got him from bent, being bent over to be able to stand up. Let's explain what the invertebrate is so they the can't take a picture. Okay, the invertebrate is an A-frame device I invented mm -hmm. to decompress the spine. It is a decompression unit device. It is also a strengthening, not only stretching, but strengthening device. A-frame, you get on it, you can lean forward, you rock back and forth, you stretch your hamstrings, your butt and your back out, opens all the vertebra up, increases circulation, nerve supply, increases oxygenation. So in one case, gravity is helping you here. You, that's exactly correct. You're 100% right. So it's natural gravity traction. It's actually called natural gravity traction. Mm -hmm. Unlike hanging boots that clamp your ankle, which actually cause distraction of your knee, mm -hmm. cause problems with compression around your ankle. And if you tilt more than about 30%, it's too much tidal volume of blood to your brain. So that can create problems. Robert Martin... What is tidal volume? Blood volume in your body. Okay. When you vert upside down backwards, it's a lot of pressure to your brain. Mm -hmm. So Robert Martin is the guy that originally invented hanging boots. He was a gymnastic coach, became a chiropractor, became an MD, became an orthopedic surgeon for 17 years. Then he hung it all up because he felt he was doing better with gymnastics than he ever did as a doctor. And then he invented hanging boots. Then he invented the gravity guidance machine. He was only about a mile from me. So I, I spent two years he was as studying with him. He was my mentor on, on decompression. When, what, what part of your life was that? 1972, 73. So you were... I was just starting. Starting chiropractic Just starting college. chiropractic. No, no, no. I was just starting in practice. Oh. I went to chiropractic college from 68 to, six, to 72, okay. graduated. Okay. So I was studying with him and learned that some of the things that they were doing with these gravity guidance machines was bad. And I told him, I said, gee, people are complaining about these varicose veins problems and pressure in their ankle and hurting their knee. A lot of people are getting hypertension and so forth. And he said, eh, don't worry about it. That's probably only 2 3% of the people. So the overview to this whole conversation is I learned what not to do. Yeah. And so in sports science, you know, you're really trained to be a forensic detective. We do what works and we get rid of what doesn't work quick. So we went forward with the invertebrate. And then I was getting mail from doctors in Afghanistan and hmm. uh, Iraq that had been athletes. Some of them had even been Olympic athletes, but now they're doctors. And they're there and they're saying, look at we got all these back problems with all these soldiers and things. They're carrying 85, 95 pound packs, Hank walking in sand and, and military garb and all that. So we fast forwarded to the 21st century. They're now. hurting their backs. Yeah. They're hurting their back. What, what can we make for them? We need to make an invertebrate that's adaptable to the body that fits all the different size athletes, uh, in this case soldiers, so they can help themselves. So based on their needs, I invented the spinal decompressor for the military. Is it different than the invertebrate? It is. The, the spinal decompressor is 30 inches wide. The invertebrate ah. is 26 inches wide. Bigger the, guys. The invertebrate, which we now make now, is 50 pounds. The other one was 84 pounds, mm -hmm. the military one. And then people were saying, well, you know, it's $2,000. It's really expensive. Can you make something less expensive? So we took it to China. I took it to China hmm. and made one that's 64 pounds. And that retails for $695. Wow. The invertebrate just, you know, sells for $665. So it's, they really save a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is the military one's like a Sherman tank. You can't, <laughs> you can't move it hardly. It's very heavy. But it's, the legs are fixed. The invertebrate, which is now something we designed for the women, it's a little smaller unit. And the spinal decompressor athletic model 
uh, is 64 pounds. As I said, the invertebrate is actually 50 pounds. And they fold up and you can move them around. And for, for the Olympics, this last Olympics, I made invertebrate, spinal decompressors rather, with wheels on them. So <laughs> the coaches could roll them around, the athletes could roll them yeah. around. And then for this new model, we just came out for women, which is now white, the, the, the athletic is black to make a good de demarcation between them. And uh, that has wheels on it. So the women can move it around really easy. Well, let me just stop for a moment and explain to people how you get, what this is, because I'm not sure everybody can picture it. You step into an area, you put your, you lean over it, you put your pelvis onto this uh, soft padded area. And then there are handles you roll forward with your head facing the ground. Is that an apt description That's of it? That's right. And you bend forward. You're on an A-frame device. Your knees are bent 90 degrees. Okay. And we want you to cradle. We want you to rock back and forth. If you only rock back and forth two minutes twice a day, that's all you need to do. But there's a whole bunch of different exercises you can do. You can do abdominal curls upside down. Mm -hmm. You develop an eight pack. The <laughs> not just a six pack. <laughs> it really, it really gets your low abs. Uh -huh. It's stretch. You can on the uh, spinal decompressor has a saddle seat, so it has what's called an adductor pad, an inner thigh pad. So you can squeeze your legs together, mm -hmm. and that gets your inner thigh low ab. That's how you get an eight pack. Okay. But when you're rocking, you're actually, again, think of your knees at 90, your thighs 90, your trunk's hanging at 90. Okay, and so you're hanging forward. forward. And you're rocking back and forth, literally. And your feet are pointing up your toward feet, the ceiling. Yes, yes, you're correct. Okay. And you're rocking, right? So while you're rocking, you're stretching your quadriceps, the front of your thigh. The backside of you is stretching your hamstrings, your butt, and your back. And we can set the back of your legs where your calves go at 90 degrees. Now for the next intermediate step, we can change that angle to 65 degrees. Now you not only get your hamstrings, butt, and your low back, but you're getting your mid-thoracic spine. And then for the really gymnastic types, jiu-jitsu, in fact, Hicks mm -hmm. and Gracie, the mm -hmm. most famous jiu-jitsu fighter in the world, uses this all the time. He's on a video that we did with him, and he can draw, he drops it to 40 degrees. So he gets a major, major stretch all the way, hamstrings, butt, low back, mid-thoracic, all the way to the base of his neck. So and as he, you're and he's cradling. As he's you're decreasing rocking. that number from 60 to 40, are you coming, bringing the body closer together or farther apart? You're making the farther apart. You're making okay. the legs go straighter. Okay. And that straightness is a, an incredible step forward in terms of biomechanics and physics of decompressing the spine. No one has ever come up with a device that's even comparable, even close to what this device does. I think we have to tell the listeners where they can see a picture of this in action. Where, what website can they go to? You can to? go to spinaldecompressor.com. Good. S-P-I-N-A-L, decompressor, D-E-C-O-M-P-R-E-S-S-O-R.com. And you can hit shop. And when you see shop, it'll show you the invertebrate and the spinal decompressor. It even shows the military one. But the military is no longer available. The, the military bought every one we made, so they're, they're not even available anymore. And but we uh, want people to know what we're talking about. We said a lot about it, and they might go, "What the hell are they yeah. talking about?" Well, Let's when let they look when they it. go to spinaldecompressor.com, uh -huh. they can also go to the top of the page and see product demonstration. There, and you're going to see a video with Mac Wilkins, past gold medalist in the discus mm -hmm. in '76, '84, silver medalist in the discus. And he was a coach for the discus for this last Olympics, Olympic coach. Oh. And he talks all about it. And he's recommended to all of his athletes. And we've had many, many discus and shot putters and heavy weight lifters. And, and not, not only athletes, but everybody, you know, people, anybody with a bad back. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't want a bad back, yeah. you want to use it. You want to keep stretched out. Proactive. Now, like I said, only two minutes twice a day. Every golfer, every tennis player mm -hmm. should definitely have a spinal decompressor or invertebrate if you're a lady. 
and uh, to stretch your body out. Prepare your body for exercise. And then, as you know, to warm down after exercise. Yeah, yeah. You'll hear more of this conversation with Dr. Leroy Perry right after this. If you're in the market for a bike, you want to buy your bike from a shop that has great service. Bicycles need to be serviced and maintained on a regular basis for safety. You want a relationship you can count on with the shop where you buy your bike. Helen's cares as much about servicing your bike and keeping you safe as it does about the sale of a new bike. Their tune-up packages and excellent repair service will keep your bike in perfect working order. Go to HelenCycles.com. That's HelenCycles.com. We're back with Dr. Perry. I want to go back into the 70s again. Okay. And I introduced Wilt Chamberlain to a track coach I had met in Washington, D.C. named Tracy Sundlin. Right. And very shortly thereafter, La Jolla Track Club became Wilt's Wonder Women Track Club. Right. Very soon after that, you became the team doctor for our team. And that was where I met you in 1974. Now, you were working with athletes like Patty Van Wovelaar and Kathy Lawson and, let's see, who else? Jan Svensson. And they went on to set American records. Did they credit you with some All, of that? The, the very interesting story. Tracy shows up at my door one day <laughs> and he says, we have some athletes, could, could you treat them? How he did actually, he find you? Do you know? He, he was looking around. He, he found Dr. John Thieu had my office and he had a book called Touch for Health. Yes. And John didn't want to stay late for anybody and he left. So I was there and Tracy introduced himself to me and he said, well, I have some athletes. Would you mind seeing if you could help them? Jan Svensson, uh, Patty Von Woodblair and um, and Kathy Lawson and Kathy Lawson. That's uh -huh. correct. And Kathy Lawson's father, by the way, is a chiropractor. Yes. Okay. I remember that. So I treated all three of them. Now they'd already been to Curlin and Job, and Curlin and Job's group told all three that their career was over. They wouldn't be able to compete anymore. Their injuries were too severe. Orthopedic doctors. Orthopedic doctors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So after this, I treated them for a month. They all three set all American records. <laughs> that started my entire career. They were because they used to call Patty UPI United Patty International a news service because Patty would tell everybody. <laughs> she told everybody, and uh, and uh, and to the unhappiness, if you will, of the medical doctors that said they would not compete, that really rocked the boat. Now, first of all, I'm you know I'm a chiropractor, mm -hmm. and they're big time MDs, and they're in the news all the time, and they're treating all the protein. And this was in the 70s. And this is 73, mm -hmm. 74, and after helping these girls, and they broke all three broke all American records, then. The media picked up on it. So I didn't do interviews at, ever in those days. I, w I just said, talk to the athletes. I don't talk about what I do, right? So, and that always was my you know, position on everything. And then when Tracy uh, wanted to formally have me as like the team doctor, and I said, well, you know, I'm happy to help. I don't need any specific name or anything. And Wilt said, no, you have to become our physician. You're, you're going to be our first, the first physician in sports medicine. You're the guy. We want you to be the team doctor. So I have a plaque on my wall for 1975, making me the team physician for Wilt's Wonder Woman <laughs> from, from both from Wilt Trace and, Tracy. and Wilt. Right. Oh, I love and, that. And I have to say, you know, I mean, I know you were very dear to Wilt and he really cared a lot about you because we talked a lot about you. Yeah. We used to walk on the beach down there together. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about Wilt. He, he was really, I get choked up. He was really an incredible guy. We're coming up on 20 years of losing him. I feel the same way. Incredible guy. I think about him all the time. Yeah. I'm in the pool decompressing. And I think about him when he was in the pool decompressing. And he had his own invertebrate. Yeah. I made, I made, a, made one, a big one I made for a him. big one for him. I remember. And then, and then in those days, the Clippers were just starting, right? The, the whole Clipper basketball team. And they found out about it. So we had to make one for them. 
the irony is, I know that you interviewed uh, Dennis Cullen, Dr. Dennis Colanella lately. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very close friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. He's also an inventor, by the way. I know. We, we think a lot. We made the abdominizer. We think a lot alike. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of design work. We treat a lot of the same athletes. So uh, Dennis called me one day and he goes, you know, the, the team needs your new spinal decompressor. Can you make one for him? So I made a bigger one for them too. And they still have it. And he's got one in his office. Yeah, and he's he a used, Clippers uses doctor now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a good guy. So was a guy named Jim Woolley, who you, should get, you need to get, should get to know, okay? Jim Woolley was one of my Olympic athletes, a judoist, in the 76 Olympics, hurt his neck, couldn't compete. They thought his career was done. He, I didn't know him. They, he came to me when I was there treating all, you know, with Antigua, treating all the athletes, and I helped him, and he competed, and after that, he became a chiropractor, and he is a great chiropractor. I do a lot of work with Jim Woolley. And he's definitely someone you need to interview. Well, there are so many chiropractors out there who all point to you as the reason they became a chiropractor. You were the first one really becoming in, prominent and in sports, in sports. We know when we work with athletes, we make headlines. And so that became very well known to people. But here, I know at the 96 Olympic Games, the athletes wanted you on the medical team. And here's where the controversy starts because the athletes wanted you and the MDs said they weren't going to have a chiropractor. But nevertheless, you became an official team doctor with Frantigua. Right. Chef de Mission, yeah. And then you became the, the actual official doctor right. for that, that right. island country. Right. I was hearing stories during those 76 games that athletes were jumping out their dorm windows and jumping over fences so they could get out to be treated by you because they weren't supposed to be treated by you. Is that, is that I was going to say, is that really true? That's a fact. That's a fact. In fact, the U.S. Olympic medical staff called a meeting of all the Olympic athletes because there was this big controversy because they would not let them come to me. And they called, I was actually at the back of the, the meeting, and they said, if you go to Perry, we are not going to allow you under our insurance to be treated will cancel your insurance card. And they rebelled by all of them, Mac Wilkins, all of them, ripping their cards up, <laughs> Jane Fredericks, all of them, throwing their cards at the doctors, saying, we're done with you. We're, gonna see, we're only going to see Perry. And they all left. And that was it. And then, so Milton Richmond, he was, a, I think, an Associated Press or United uh, you know, article writer, you know, major yeah, writer. Yeah, it was one of He the was a senior. He was one of the news, senior. News, wire news. Yeah, wire news, yeah. yeah. Milton Richmond. He wrote an article because he got hurt his back and he was there to interview Olympic athletes and he just stayed in my area and he said that he counted athletes from 21 countries <laughs> that I had treated. And he interviewed them, including, you know, all these different athletes, East Germans and everybody else. So that was part of the evolution of how we became recognized through the media and people doing interviews. I would not do interviews. They interviewed with the athletes and the athletes, and the athletes told demanding the story. you. That's yeah. right. Now a writer recently speculated that the the enmity between you and these medical doctors on the United States Olympic Committee is what allowed you to create these great significant relationships with I'm gonna date myself here, East Germany, the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist anymore. Was it easier for you to get in with countries that were on the outs with the U.S.? I'll tell you how that happened. Jane Frederick told me. She was a, a, the, America's pentathlete, best pentathlete. Pentathlete, mm-hmm. right, champion pentathlete. Jane Frederick told me of a pentathlete from East Germany that was injured, one of her good friends. Mm-hmm. She could not get out of bed. 
the medical doctors, East German doctors had already given her the drugs and injections and all that, and she couldn't get out of bed. And she said, would you just please come and look at her and see if you could give her some relief? I said, Jane, I'm here on thin ice to begin with. I don't want to get and be a pawn between East Germany and the United States. And they say some chiropractor from the United States treated her and hurt her, and therefore she can't compete. Because that could have been a real possibility. Now, where were we and what year was this? The 76 Olympics. At, at Montreal, the Montreal Olympics. In Montreal okay, Olympics. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So I told Jane that. Jane went and told the doctor, the East German doctor. The East German doctor, who spoke very good English, came up to me and he goes, you know, we understand your feelings. All we're asking is that you help her get out of relief, give her relief. We can't get her, help her. She's bedridden. The drugs don't work. We, we don't know what to do. We know the doc, We know you don't do drugs. We know that the American doctors hate mm. you. We know the American <laughs> a- athletes love you. What a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, love you. And would you please at least help her? Look yeah. at her. I said, okay. So I went over there and I told Jane she had to be with me when I actually went over. You wanted to so witness. I took care of her. Yeah, I wanted to witness. I mm-hmm. took care of her for a week. The bottom line is the next week she got the bronze medal. Pitophilus. What did you do for her? People don't know what you're doing and they go, what the heck is he doing? Well, the word decompression comes up a lot because I had to decompress her body, stretch her spine out. I wouldn't manipulate her because I never didn't have an x-ray on her mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. to go by. So I did the best I could, osteopathic stretching techniques, chiropractic stretching techniques, some yoga stretching techniques, mm-hmm. hanging her upside down, stretching her spine out. What did you hang her upside down in the, in on in those days? Oh, you had the invertebrate. Oh, yeah. there. Okay. And, uh, you know, stretching her body out. And those days we call it the orthopod, by the way. That's right. I remember that. The original unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we stretched her out on that and uh, got her going. And uh, the rest is history. She, you know, got the bronze medal. What event? Pentathlon. Oh, she got behind. She was a pentathlon. (laughs) All three winners of the pentathlon that year were all three East German, by the way. Wow. In 76 Olympics. From the evolution of that, then. These Germans, and then, then when the word got out that I helped an East German, then I started getting threats, you know, life threats. From who and from where? From, let's say, militaristic type skinheads in the United States okay. that thought I was pro-communist. Oh, okay. thought, thought that, you were a Nazi. That, yeah, that kind of, yeah, exactly. Saying I was a neo-Nazi, all that kind of stuff, I'm a communist, blah, 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 right? And they knew I was getting these kinds of life threats. So the East Germans came up to me and said, the doctor with some of their support people said, we appreciate what you do. We know that you're still hanging there working with us. You're under the protection of the Stasi. The Stasi are the East German secret police. We want you to work with us internationally. Whenever you're at an international competition, the Stasi will be there to protect you. Well, and that's how did that happened. feel? Did you like the, the Stasi people? Did they seem... They were great. <laughs> you kidding me? They were yeah. great. I mean, better yeah. treated me better than any U.S. person yeah. ever did. They were great. Then from Then from that evolved with, obviously, the Russians... Then the Cubans and my whole career evolved in the Eastern Bloc from there on, became the doctor for the Eastern Bloc with, you know, Russia, Soviet Union and East, with the East Germans and so forth. In fact, they had an East German, Eastern Bloc, Western Bloc event here at the Coliseum and many, many years ago, in the 70s, late mm-hmm, 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went there, but I knew and I was warned, don't show up in an East German uniform, they will kill you. I mean, you will be dead, right? So I went there, I just dressed in my ISI clothes, yeah. and I'm on the field treating, but I was treating Americans, I was treating East Germans, I was treating Russians, I was treating everybody. So nobody could say I was, you know, and the bottom line is then the, pro, I think David Prokop or somebody came to interview me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And the, the question was, how do you do this with people who aren't under the American flag or, are, you know, under a democratic, I said, look it, I'm here treating black, I'm treating white, I'm treating people of different skin, color, races. I don't care. They're my athletic family. We are a family of Spartans. 
That's what my family is. I was a three-sport athlete. I was a swimmer, wrestler, and weightlifter. And I was a street fighter when I was a kid. That's how I made my money on the street, street fighting. And I said, so that's my family. So this is our family and we take care of our own. And that's it. So you were already, you were always a rebel. And so this fit right in with your, I, I'm going to do what I want to do kind of mentality. But at the same time, the humanitarian in you wanted to help the people who needed help that were asking you for it instead of, that must have felt really good instead of being told you can't come help that's us. That's right. The Americans were, U, U.S. medical staff was pushing me down so hard. Yeah. And the Eastern Bloc was pushing me up because they didn't have anybody that provided the service that I was providing. Yeah. And what I did was, though, turned it around from Leroy Perry providing to saying, you know, there's chiropractors out there, there's osteopaths out there that are trained to do what I do. And, you know, sports science is a different world, but they still have the basic skills. So mm -hmm. why don't we start using other people as well? And I brought other chiropractors into it and osteopaths and other people to participate. You know, it was, I don't, I look, at it, I don't have that kind of an ego. You know, I don't care if my name's on things. The reality of the whole thing is I want to make my family, my Spartan mm -hmm. family, to reinforce them. Just like when you were with Wilt and Wilt's Wonder Woman and all the rest of it, we were a team. We were a family. You know, we were all trying to help each other. We were all trying to learn. I was learning. I learned as much from you and as, <laughs> the other athletes as I ever learned from a book. In fact, I'll tell you, Bert Zumzer, 1975, University of Mainz, he was the sprint coach of Germany. 26 years of wins in a row. Nobody ever came close to him. He was lecturing. Ernie Bullard was lecturing from mm -hmm. San Jose State. Yep. Jim Bush was lecturing. From UCLA. I was asked to lecture. And we were just doing like a half an hour, but he did like the keynote hour, right? Mm -hmm. And Bird Zoomser said something that changed my life. I, was, I had become a chiropractic orthopedist then. Mm -hmm. And he, or just about a chiropractic orthopedist then. And he said to the audience, there were about 500 doctors and coaches in the audience from all over Europe. And he said, to be a sports medicine doctor, you guys use drugs and surgery. That's not the answer. He goes, you guys have to become sports scientists. You have to understand the physics and biomechanics and the cause of disease, the pathomechanics, the stress-bearing movement of disease that created the problem to, to begin with. So what you have to do is study the book, study all the academic, throw the book away, then do what works. <laughs> That, when he, I heard him say do that, what works. I said, I'm a sports scientist. See, I can do that. I did it. Yeah. That's what I did. I, yeah. That's why I embraced yeah. what they did. And that's how I became a sports scientist. And now let's move to 1983 when we had the pre-Olympics here in LA and 1984 when the Olympics came, because that was when this facility was swarming with athletes from all over the world, Cubans and French and Greek and... Athletes from 45 countries. Oh my goodness. I didn't count, but I'm glad you did. Um, no, NBC did. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Give me a story from that time period of an athlete going from injury to Olympic medal. Alberto Wantrino. Okay. Alberto was injured in a competition the UCLA, or in UCLA, pulled his had actually had a sciatic nerve and hurt his hamstring, okay. right? Yeah. He was being treated by the Russians. And I didn't know who he was. And so I'm set up over at UCLA. I'm treating, you know, 30, 40 athletes in a line and just taking, treating everybody. And Don Corey from Jamaica oh, yeah. had, had brought him over to introduce him to me. I didn't, I didn't know who he really was. I was just so busy treating all my athletes. So I helped him. And then, then Alberto uh, actually could run a little bit, but not to the level that he should be able to. But only two weeks after that, there was a competition, the Norman Manley Games in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And it was very important for the Jamaicans to have him compete in, in Jamaica because the international press were coming to cover his, comp his competition. And if he couldn't compete... 
a lot of them weren't going to show up. Ah. So bottom line is Don, on behalf of the Jamaican government, asked if I would go to you know, Jamaica and participate as a doctor for the Norman Manley Games. And I said, sure, I'll go, you know. So they flew me down there. I came in. I could smell DMSO down the hallway. I they know. were bathing. They were bathing Alberto in DMSO. Let's talk about what that is. It was terrible. Dimethyl sulfoxide. Mm -hmm. It's a byproduct of wood, and it's anti-inflammatory. But they were using industrial grade, which created a bad rash all over his body because uh -huh. it's cheap. And when I got there, I said, I, as soon as I walked in the room, I said, who is doing this to him? And they pointed out to this one Russian doctor and this one Russian coach. I said, either get rid of them or I'm leaving. And they told them to leave because they weren't getting results. I got him out. We cleaned him up. I had about three hours to get him ready for the competition. You only got there three hours about before? About three hours, yeah. I had about three hours to get him ready. So first I had him walk down the hall. Then I had him run down the hall. I, I knew he was limping and so forth. Mm. And anyhow, long story short, I put him through different stretching techniques, opened his spine up, got him on the field, went through different running drills, telling him to do a pelvic tilt. The other guy, the coach from Russia, was having him arch his back, which was impinging the nerve in his back. So I went through all the physics and biomechanics of running posture with him. And he's brilliant. I mean, Alberto yeah, knows know. this inside now. Yeah. But there he had bad coaching. And he was telling, doing as a good athlete would. He's following what the coach tells him to do, which was wrong for him. So anyhow, I went through all this stuff, as I said, stretching him on the, on the ground and uh, hanging him upside down, stretching everything. We now are on the field. He's, re he's warmed up. He's ready to go. He runs. He not only runs, he wins. He wins <laughs> in front of 25,000 people. I bet he was as surprised as you were. <laughs> he puts his hands up in the air. He runs across the uh, field. His, his doctor, his Cuban doctor is standing with me and some of the Jamaican doctors. And he runs up and I think he's going to run and say something to the doctor, his doctor. He turns to me, picks me up and carries me about half, about a third of the way or whatever around the field in front of 25,000 people. <laughs> it, salute for helping him. Aww. Sports Illustrated picked that up. And then Sports Illustrated did a feature story on me called The Good Hands Man. And it was that experience with, with Alberto that really drew their attention to my work. And, and that took off. So. Wow. I'm glad it didn't hurt him picking you up and carrying you around the track <laughs> half the way. <laughs> I have a picture upstairs of that, by the way. And, and his jersey. You know, I think I've seen the picture and didn't know what it was. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Okay. Okay. Now, let's fast forward to this century. And you've remodeled the building where you are right mm -hmm. now several yeah. times. And... Tell me how the Elizabeth Taylor Aquatic Center came about. Elizabeth was my patient for 28 years. I traveled all over the world with her many, many times. She would let no one touch her spine but me because she had very bad experiences with chiropractors and other people that tried to inject her and wanted to operate on her and do all these things. And I treated her not really as a chiropractor, but I treated her as a sports scientist. We started with her feet, worked all the biomechanics of her orthotics out. Uh, different kinds of exercise programming and things. I gave her an, in, you know, invertebrate in those days. Um, would she do them on her own, or did you have to be there? To oh do no, no, them? no! I was with her all the time, yeah, yeah. but she would not travel without me being there. And any major event, I was there with her, including movies that I helped mm -hmm, her with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the bottom line is, I had a knee replacement. No one knew I had a knee replacement. She calls me the night I get back from the hospital, and she said, "I hurt my neck. Can you please come up and?" you know, help my neck. I said, Elizabeth, I just got out of the hospital. I got a surgical splint on my leg. I can't walk, let alone do anything. And this was like 10 o'clock at night. 
she goes, okay, well, I'll, I'll just take some medication and, and you know, <laughs> that come, got you come up. <laughs> up three or four weeks. That's exactly correct. Because <laughs> part of my job uh, with her, she used to call me Leesburg, like I was her knight. I was the guard of her body. That was our joke. I was actually the guard of her body. I would call her the queen, you know, that's our joke between us. So she goes, Leesburg, that's okay. I'll, I'll just take some medication. And I, then it hung up, right? I'm thinking for like 20 minutes. I get out of bed. I go downstairs. I get in my car. I drive up by 11 o'clock at night. I'm at her house. All her, by yourself. Nobody helping you. Nobody helped me. So her security guard answers the gate, calls her and says, Dr. Perry's here. You could hear her yell over the phone, Leesburg, are you crazy? You need to be in bed. I said, I'm here now, so I'm coming up. And she had a lift to go up to her oh, room, right? Good. So I ride the lift up. I did that three days in a row. Now the third day, you know, Elizabeth a lot was like a little kid sometimes. You know, she just liked to chat and goof around. When she's in pain, she doesn't want to do anything. So now she's getting out, she's out of pain. She's feeling good. And now she wants to talk. She, said, she knew I was ripping the pool out to do a research study on decompression. She said, well, what's happening? happening at the institute what's happening with the pool i said well i had to stop doing everything because i you know i had to have the surgery so it'll take me about six to nine months to be able to get back on my feet to get enough money to finish the pool and she says well what's it going to cost and i told her she goes okay and i go what does that mean okay she goes we have to have diamonds around the pool we have to have purple Aww. she became my interior decorator <laughs> so i said if you're serious about this and i want to call it the elizabeth taylor aquatic center and she sat there had a cute little smile on her face and she goes i kind of like that I said, great. So that's what we did. And that's how it all came about. Oh, I never heard yeah. the story. That's yeah. really yeah. great to know. Even the pictures out there. I said, you know, I need, I'd like to get a picture of you in a bathing suit. And she goes, I don't have a picture of me in a bathing suit. So a month... Vanity of, Fair, wasn't uh, it? Wait to watch this one. It's how things all click in. Okay. You know? So now her, she talks to Tim, her assistant. Do we have a picture? No. A month later, he calls me. He goes, come on, if Elizabeth wants to talk to you. I go up there. There's a black and white picture of her in a bathing suit in this movie, right? So I said, where do we get that? They go, I don't know. So they give me a copy. I make copies. I start showing it to all my movie people, my producers, my directors. Uh -huh. They go, I know what movie that was. The next month, Vanity Fair puts that same picture on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. It's a story about her and Richard Burton. And now I now know- Now it's in color too. Now I know where to get it. Yeah. So I called them and yes, I buy the rights to it and I put it up on the wall. I have this yeah. big poster made, sent her son Chris and her pictures of it. And I put it up on a Saturday, and unfortunately, I think she passed away on a Tuesday or, or Wednesday mm. the next week. Aww. But she got to see that he picture knew about on the wall? I, I don't know. I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. I hope so. But anyway, that's how that came about. But so she became my interior decorator. So <laughs> a, a, like Wilt, Elizabeth is part of the fiber of ISI. Yeah. ISI standing for International Sports Science Institute. That's right. Yeah. Good. Now, I know you've recently remodeled some doctor's rooms here. What's your vision for that? My vision for the future is that I'm going to bring in the top doctors, integrated medicine doctors, many of whom are also inventors. Uh, the inventor needs other creative inventors to work with. And I have many, many products, as I told you, mattresses, mattress pads, seats, cervical pillows, all these things that I've invented. But there are other doctors like Dennis Colnello, who's also invented things. And we're probably going to start doing some seminars together for other doctors on how to market their stuff and how to get self-help. My goal is not seeing how much I can treat people. My goal is to teach people how to help themselves. Mm. And you have to have a facility that can do that. I'm, going to de I'm developing hyperbaric here. We're going to have hyperbaric chambers. We're going to have external enhanced counterpulsation here. Let's, let's describe each one of these. Okay. Hyperbaric. hyperbaric chamber is a chamber you get in that creates atmospheric pressure in your body. 
that's very, very good for healing. It's as if you've got, uh, gone down in the ocean. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. But we're going to go, you know, two atmosphere, maybe three atmosphere pressure. So when I was really handicapped and could hardly even move, uh, I did six barometric pressure chamber treatments and it helped me a lot. So I've never forgot that. So I'm going in that direction. Mm-hmm. EECP is external enhanced counterpulsation. That's like having a blood pressure cuff from your ankle to your knee, your knee to your hip, and around your lower body. You had it here years ago. Yeah, I had it here years ago. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Salate had ran that whole thing. She's still doing it. But we're going to have two machines here. And Medicare will pay for it. Insurance companies will pay for it. And uh, It just accelerates... Uh, accelerates. Incre- it, it creates uh, blood circulation, yeah. vascular yeah. circulation. Mm-hmm. And because it does create circulation... You're actually able to take somebody who's extremely weak and deconditioned as I was. I was in a wheelchair then and got me back on my feet after 50 treatments. After about 35 treatments, I got back on my feet, but I completed 50. And last year I did another 35 just to try to re- you know, get my body as strong as I can. Where are they doing them around here? Uh, she does it over by the Forum. She has a facility ah. over there and she does another one over in uh, West LA by Beverly Hills. And but we're going to have two machines here. So where ISI is going, International Sports Science Institute, is oxygen. So we're going to do ozone therapy, which is an IV ozone oxygen in your blood. We're going to be doing hyperbaric. We're going to be doing the EECP, counterpulsation. So that's going to bring people back from wound injury or immune deficiency diseases and help them get strong again. So then they can get in my pool, decompress in the pool. Then go to complete PT, get their physical therapy with complete PT and get their body strong that way. And they can get up in our gym. We have a private member's gym upstairs, 14 professional trainers that are training people all day long from five o'clock to nine o'clock at night, seven days a week. So now what, what, I, what I'm developing is the ultimate exercise, rehabilitation, decompression facility on earth. There is nothing close to it. And I already have doctors in Agura, doctors in, in uh, Texas and other places that want to copy. So eventually I'm going to franchise this entire concept. This is very franchisable. We're like, we'll be like the first Starbucks, the first McDonald's, whatever you want to think about it. But in health, and it's not about drugs and surgery, it's about teaching people how to help themselves and then providing them with the different products that they need to stay healthy. You know, people who need reinforcement, they need education. And by the way, I want to congratulate you with Complete PT because your company does a really great job educating people. I see them doing this all the time. You got good staff. And I certainly, anybody listening to this out there, you should definitely come to Complete PT and, and become part of their program. But your, your program literally you. just umbrellas with what we're doing and it just works really well together. So it's a very symbiotic relationship. We need, as you know, to help other people help themselves. And that was Wilt's feeling and philosophy. Wilt was very into athletes learning and getting the help they need to help themselves. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for taking so much time to talk with me on Meet the Doctors. My pleasure. You've been listening to sports chiropractor, Dr. Leroy Perry, who is also a sports science specialist. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode as we speak with the brightest minds in medicine, research, surgery, and much, much more. I'm Linda Huey. You can tweet to me on Twitter at Linda Huey. That's L-Y-N-D-A-H-U-E-Y. Say hi or tell me who you'd like to hear on Meet the Doctors. Thanks to production assistant James Cowan and to Tom Struther for audio post-production.